The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Making Monsters. I'm Taylor Dahl. That is Dylan Ryan. And this is our final episode of the 2022 season. Um, It was a three-win season, but I feel like Justin Fields made it the most possible fun three-win season you could have. Yeah, I mean, if you were to go off of the way the Bears played, they're not the talent of a three-win team by any means. Uh, a lot of the games were close for, you know, the big chunk in the middle of the season where things like seemed like they were getting competitive and fun again. And when we started losing all those close games, I think the team started to realize towards the end, like, hey, like, there's really not much point in winning one or two more games the rest of the way. So let's kind of roll things back a little bit to more than where they, where they were early in the year. So, but overall, like, three wins and where we are going forward, I'm pretty okay with it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you've mentioned this before when we talked about in the very beginning of this, when we started this podcast and you were like, if the Bears only have two or three wins, like if we're at that spot, then Justin's probably not the answer. And we were both kind of like, I mean, yeah, because how do you only win two or three football games when you have your franchise quarterback? But we learned what that looks like this year. We learned what it looks like to have your franchise quarterback and just not have enough around him. Um, and in addition to that, we battled injuries from day one. I mean, I don't think there was a game where we weren't missing some significant piece of whether the secondary um, and then Jack Sanborn and then receivers, our offensive line all season long. We lost. Obviously, Montgomery was beat up for a little bit. There was just Justin was beat up for a little bit. I truly don't think there was one game where we weren't missing one of our better players at at some point in that game. And so when you're adding that onto an already not good football team um a football team that's missing a lot of depth and a lot of pieces and a lot of gaps uh that's what it looks like is you have three wins and you, you they battled in the middle but the lack of talent really caught up at the end of the season and it showed against yeah. the lions it showed big time against the lions that i mean it was only a few weeks ago we lost by one to them and then this time we get completely blown out because when you are lacking that much that many different things, and when you are that banged up, all of those things start to add up, and the Lions are a good football team, and they're playing like a good football team, and they've they've gotten better throughout the season because pieces started to click, and I just, I kind of feel like that's what Jared Goff does, too. Like, he kind of starts slow, and then he'll start revving up as the season goes, and that's what it is. I want to say he has, like, 14 touchdowns and 
two interceptions or something in the last like six or seven weeks. And at 60, I can't remember the exact number, 67 completion, completion percentage, something like that, like very good numbers. Um, and it helps that he has a lot of people to get the ball to Amon Ra. Like we have the other St. Brown, um, Newly extended which Saint we Brown. just extended. I get it. I was honestly, I wasn't surprised. I think that Equinemius is a veteran guy that people want, but that that will be more detailed into the off season when we start talking about the pieces of this. Um, this podcast, I just kind of want to wrap up the season, Dylan. I want us to talk about maybe what let us down the most, what impressed us the most, what we're most excited about, maybe what we're most scared about this off season. Um, because right now we have the number two pick in the NFL draft. We could potentially have the number one pick this weekend if Bears lose and Texans win. Um, if that happens, it could change a lot of things with how this off season looks if the Bears have that number one pick. So let's just let's just rewind a little bit before the season started we kind of made our list of guys that we are most excited to talk about um we don't have to go through that entire list because i think a lot of them were like not on the team ended up getting injured didn't perform well um but we had a few that stuck um i know on mine cole Komet was one of mine and cole Komet i think had a good a good season him and justin had games where they really clicked he had that streak of touchdowns for a few weeks um you saw him again recently against the detroit lions when brock wright also another notre dame tight end i feel like both times it was like cole Komet and brock wright just going back and forth but um i i think i was impressed by Komet, and i think he can get even better the problem with this year is they had to use him in a lot of blocking situations. So obviously that takes it away from other situations. They don't have many other people to throw to. So people knew a lot of times that commit commit was going to be the weapon that was going to be getting the ball. Um, and, but we did see, he answered a lot of the questions that we thought we, that we wanted, you know, in the off season, I was like, I want to see him in the end zone. I want to see him finally get some touchdowns. He didn't have a touchdown last year. He had touchdowns this year. Um, so that was impressive. One guy that I think was on your list, David Montgomery, yes. is on your list. And again, we've mentioned it. We've been trying to have a Making Monsters on David Montgomery for like five weeks, and nobody from Iowa State wants to talk to us. But I love David Montgomery, and I think that this season it was – He's just so much fun to watch, and I get it. Like, There's the comparisons of Khalil Herbert because Khalil Herbert's rushing yards were very close to what David Montgomery did, and Khalil obviously wasn't playing for a large portion of the season, at, at, at especially towards the second half. But David Montgomery, when you look at what he did in the receiving game also, what he does in, with his blocking ability, what he does with yards after contact, it's just you – it, you don't get a lot of guys who do all three of those things really good, and David does, and he's in a contract year. So I truly, I don't know if we're even going to have David Montgomery that next year. I think a lot of people are leaning towards no. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, it wouldn't shock me if they brought him back, but they're not, they're not going to pay him like a top back. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying he even deserves to get paid like a top back, but it's definitely a complicated issue with him because running backs are a position that you don't really want to pay. Uh, and there are positions that you can very much find through rounds three, four, or five in the draft. And it's something that's been a lot of success with the Bears. I mean, even a guy like Khalil, he's a guy that was drafted pretty late in the draft. David was a third-round pick himself. So, personally, I don't think they're going to keep him. Mm -hmm. The way this team's spending, the way that they're a little bit conservative for Roquan, those guys, I feel like they're going to be like, hey, like there are guys that I want to have on this team. I'm going to go get my guys. Montgomery was a previous regime's guy. 
So I've loved David. I've really mm. enjoyed him being here. But personally, I think it's probably going to be his last game. I hope not, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah, and unfortunately, I agree. I do think they would have to go get another running back, though, because um, I I personally like that double back option. Like, oh, it's I, every it, team in the NFL today. They're starting have two backs. to do it. Yeah, like every team you look at, they or the majority of them have that option to where they have they're kind of like bulldozer back, and then they have their more like finesse, the can, third down, yeah, guy, yeah that yeah. that type of stuff, and so. Um, I, they're going to have to make a move, and you, I saw a bunch of rumors about Saquon Barkley. I do not want to pay a buttload of money to Saquon Barkley. I just do not. Um, I, I I just don't think that's worth it. We talk about the the span that running backs can play in the league and at what level they can play. He already has a torn ACL. He has had a great year, like comeback player of the year potential type of year, but it's just scary to give somebody that much money, especially when it's not your dire need. Like if we had. If Cleo Herbert was terrible and we only had maybe Tristan Ebner and Justin wasn't able to run the ball, we had a more like pocket passer quarterback, like maybe you start looking at a guy like that. Um, but even that, you look at teams, it's not saving teams. You're looking at Tennessee right now had a complete fallout and they have probably the best running back in the league and it's not enough if you don't have other pieces. So you cannot spend all your money on a back like that. But I, I can't even remember who else was all on our list. Kyrie's Tonga, who's doing well in the Vikings, was on my list, and he is gone. Um, I think we, you had I, Travis. I had, I had Travis. He's been, honestly, I, we'll, we'll, I'll go with Travis first. Travis this year has very been disappointing to me, honestly. Uh, when Robert Quinn got traded, I was very much like, all right, let's let, the, let's let the keys lose. Let's let him go what he wants to do. And he didn't really do anything. Like The pr- pass rush went from being like pretty okay to bad mm-hmm. to being arguably the worst in the NFL. Yeah. And there has been absolutely no pressure on the quarterback since Robert Quinn's left. He wasn't getting a lot of ton, ton of sacks beforehand, but it's pretty clear to me that the offensive line was paying a lot of attention to him because mm-hmm. you were seeing guys like Robinson and um, and Travis end up getting to the quarterback and it's yeah. like, hey, like, it'll be pretty excited to see what happens once Robert Quinn's gone and they get more reps. And they haven't really done anything. Aquadine Muhammad has been just the most afterthought of afterthoughts this yeah. season. Like, I barely ever see him do anything of substance on the field. Yeah. And the pass rushers have been really disappointed overall. So, yeah. But on the bright side, Jaquan Brisker has probably been our best defensive player. Yeah. He has been arguably the best defensive safety this season for uh, everyone, mm-hmm. or for rookies, rather. Yeah. Um, And he looks like a piece that's going to be a big piece of our defense going forward. So. Yeah. And, yes, I love Jaquan Brisker. I don't think either of us had Kyler Gordon, but— I don't think so, yeah. But— Props to Kyler, too. He has his growing pains, but I think we've seen him progress in a lot of areas. Um, one that he needs to continue improving on is um, man coverage. He just, for some reason, gets burned in man coverage, and maybe that's something they'll adjust next season because they'll be able to look at it a little bit more and have maybe a little more flexibility with what they're doing back there. They're also asking a ton out of the defensive backs right now because the defensive front is doing absolutely zero so our corners are having to cover guys for like 50 yards because they just it's just nothing and up half front. Of that is running backwards it's, yeah, yeah it's it, just, you just it's impossible so I, I think that if they're doing that with what this what was happening this year then Jaquan and Kyler I think will take another even a bigger step next year um, another one I had was Tevin Jenkins Tevin Jenkins was great this year yeah. probably our best offensive lineman I wouldn't even say probably he definitely definitely was our best yeah. offensive lineman the one worry about Tevin is health always um he missed all of last se- well the majority of last season 
This season, he got banged up a little earlier, missed some time, came back, and now he's back on IR. Whether that's just because he's a little banged up and they're like, whatever, this last game doesn't matter. But he's been, he got out, he got hurt and was in and out of the game the last few games he's even played. Um, So that's definitely a concern because how much, how much do you put into a right guard if you know he's missing half a season every year? It sucks because he's play, he played very, very well and he was just getting better. And I root for him because there was so much drama surrounding him. But that health factor is important, um, yeah. especially when the rest of the line struggles so much. Uh, I don't think either of us had Braxton, but um, Braxton got worked by the Lions last week. I would say up and down rookie year. Yeah, um, but I think the middle gap he looked very well, and he mm-hmm. was getting better at a lot of stuff. He has to work on that bull rush. I mean, he gets thrown back into Justin constantly, and that's dangerous. That's when Justin tears an ACL or rolls an ankle or something because your 300-pound offensive lineman's falling on onto you. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talked when we talked to Olin Cruz, he mentioned how much help Braxton gets on his side. Um, a lot of chip blocks, which we saw even against the Lions, a couple plays that worked because of chip blocks on that left side. And so at some point, as Olin said, they're going to have to let him sit on that island and figure out if he actually is a franchise left tackle. But I do see the Bears addressing that in the offseason, maybe with some sort of veteran left tackle. Not a, hey, this guy is the best left tackle in the league, but a guy that's been there and done it for long enough that he can maybe teach Braxton some things or if it's not working throw him in here and there something something I was thinking about the other day when I was listening to a podcast they were discussing the Texans and they mentioned how Laramie Tunsil's contract is going to be up I don't think if it's this year it's next year mm-hmm. what would you think about trying to trade for a guy like that um I, I'd personally be down I guess you would have to look at the cost but that is what we need is yeah. like somebody like that yeah. truly and it's just I think one guy like that would make a massive difference. Oh, and, huge. And I mentioned that against, uh, I think when we were talking to Olin, and I was talking about how the Jags brought in Brandon Sheriff, who it was an all-pro. He battled some injuries here and there in Washington, came to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's offensive line w- moved up probably two, three times this season just because Brandon Sheriff on that line. And when you have a veteran like that who really is able to do his job at the highest level, it helps the guys around him so much. The problem this year with our offensive line is we just didn't really have that. Like as well as even Tevin was playing, there was no veteran presence on the line that was able to help the guys around him and kind of like pull him up. Like your second year right guard should not have to be your leader on the offensive line um, when he's still learning himself. You yeah, know? I mean, like, and a guy like Cody Whitehair, who I think is someone the teammates have always said positive things about, but yeah. he's not like a vocal leader yeah. by any means. He's always so. like a captain. Yeah. But he also, to me, is just has, hasn't played very well. He's like always okay. Like, you, I don't know. I just don't love Cody Whitehair. He was better when he was younger. Yeah. Obviously, but yeah. he's he's regressed a little bit more recently, and there just really isn't a and guy. And he also is constantly banged up, too. Yeah, and like there really isn't a guy in this offensive line that a Bear, Bears player can look at and just be like, yeah, like, I respect the way he plays this game. And yeah. like, yeah, not saying that they're bad, but I'm just saying, like, I, when we were talking to Olin, I was like, we look at the Eagles. They have Travis Kelsey. You got Lane Johnson. Those are guys, that are younger offensive linemen like Jordan Mailata mm-hmm. comes into the league as a seventh round pick looks at how they perform and how they prepare for the game, ends up becoming one of the best laugh tackles in the NFL. And I think a lot of that had to do with playing with guys like that. Yeah. So if you get a guy like Laramie Tunsil in there, I think it not only, you know, Peru's offensive line, that position, but as a whole. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that 
where we were in the preseason, we knew this offensive line wasn't going to be very good. We were worried about that from the get-go. We knew our running back, we were comfortable with the running backs. We had we wanted to see Justin prove that he could be the Bears franchise quarterback. I think for most people, they believe he is. Does he have work to do? Yes. Like, of course he does. <laughs> he holds on to the ball too long sometimes. He has needs to hold and I say that as in he doesn't release the ball and throw it quick enough sometimes, but he also loses it too much. He's fumbled it, I think, 16 or 17 times this year. Granted, I think he's only lost three of them, but can't have that happen. We saw yeah. it during the Lions. Stop running with your arm flailing around. I think sometimes Justin just tries to do too much, and that may be a consequence of just how bad this team is right now, and he knows it's like if he's not doing it, no one's going to do it type of scenario in some of these situations this season, but – there's things that he definitely has to work on, but I truly believe that he's able to do those things because we've seen glimpses of it throughout the season. We've seen games where he makes incredible throws. We've seen games where he makes incredible runs. We've seen games where his decision-making decision is tremendous. We've seen games where his de decision-making isn't. Texas. We've seen games where... Luke Getze and him look like they're meshing so well that everything is like going perfectly, and we've seen games where I'm like, what is Luke Getze doing? And I think all of this is a learning experience for both of them, but I am confident that all of these things in the offseason, they have a whole offseason now, hopefully with another star receiver to figure these things out um, and with a little more protection so Luke Getze isn't having to try to game plan around Justin having not even a full like two-step drop back, like maybe a little bit more time than that. If you were to assign a letter grade to Justin's sophomore season, what would you give him? Um... I'd probably say that's hard because like the flashes make you want to like I think jump it up. I, I think I would say overall, B plus A minus. That's what I would say personally. Okay. I, see, and I was going to say like, I was going to say like C plus B oh, minus. Oh, wow. You're yeah. a little bit more strict than I was. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm only saying that because as I'm looking at it as a whole and I, I was just like, I can't give a, a, a quarterback who won three games high grade and like, see, like, I, I get i get that and i totally understand where people come from in that aspect but i do look at like you gotta look at like the way they lost those games yeah. you know and like there were a well, few and some of them were, were him few. throwing picks there, hey, or fumbling were, i was gonna say or, there were a few where justin yeah. definitely was at fault there but like he's a second year quarterback mm -hmm. he's trying to figure stuff out but there were also quite a few where you got guys like amir Mar smith marset don't i don't even know what the hell he was thinking or you got yeah. guys like eq dropping balls or you yeah. know whatever it running is. the wrong, wrong or route. david montgomery fumbling on you know our yeah. 20 yard line and then the, the and then justin fields not tackling micah parsons you yeah know? see Stuff there's like moments that. like that that's all yeah and i think that and that's why i think that the splash plays make you want to skew it up so much um i don't think he had a bad season yeah i really i mean obviously and i say c plus b minus just because i do think there are a lot of factors that he still needs to work on and that there, there were games that were right there and he couldn't quite get it either i know it's a lack of talent but this is strictly grading i'm not saying this grade isn't based off of anyone else this oh, grade yeah. is based off of justin fields you know yeah. um i think i'm giving a little bit more of a curve on mine than yours yeah. but i feel like we're kind of in the same yeah. Spot. yeah and i and i think that most people probably would be around that same area um c plus to a minus some people the overly optimistic would probably say a that plus he had a perfect <laughs> season he's the best quarterback in the nfl you know but, but i mean at the end of the day he did he did a lot for this football team and i mean so much and he it, he's just been so much fun to watch and the thing is i 
I love Justin Fields and I'm so excited to watch like continue to watch him progress and learn and like get better and it's so exciting and it even got to the point that people here in Jacksonville who were like criticizing him strongly earlier have finally started being like, I like, like Justin Phil's good. He's you guys got, good. You guys got a guy. And yeah. like as Bears fans, I've never heard that yeah. ever as um, a, when it comes to quarterbacks at least. But the bottom line is our offensive line gave up the most sacks in the league um, despite even having the least pass attempts. That shouldn't happen. When you have the least pass attempts in the league, you should not have the most sacks in the league. You should never have the most sacks in the league. You never want to be in that stat, but that's just like a crazy thing to think of. Our defensive line has the least sacks in the league, um, least QB hits, least pressures. Like the funniest thing too is like, and I know like he didn't really have the chance to really do much when he first got the job, Ryan Pulls. Mm-hmm. When he was first hired, they're just like, this guy's going to build this team through the trenches. trenches yeah. Defensive Our line, trenches are... offensive line, they're going to be top-notch in the league, and they're absolute oh my awful God. this year. So. Our trenches were non-existent, pretty much, and that hurts. That hurts the team so much. But those are longer conversations. Obviously, we'll have this offseason when we really go into depth about what the Bears need when we start talking about free agency and the draft and all of those things. Um, but we can. I, I've mentioned this in the podcast the last few weeks. What I'm most confident in is probably – Justin Fields and the secondary. Um, I think, not saying I'm opposed to some sort of move in the secondary because obviously we have a very young secondary. Would it hurt adding another veteran I, guy? I think it's up just depth pieces at this point. Yeah. Is all you would add. Like and the starters are like in. Eddie got hurt. We don't know the how long term that is yet. We've seen that exact injury be a year. We've seen that exact injury be six months. Yeah. So I will say the who lack knows? of surgery. Usually, a top yeah, and that was good that to be he shorter, so that's good. Definitely good. Um, but the secondary, we know that. Jack Sanborn, I think people are confident in that he'll be that dude next year, but you still have to build around Jack because Need he was alone. Yeah. <laughs> he was alone. Nick Mora was okay. Like He yeah. was never really that special this year, so like he, I would like someone right. else beside him. Yeah. Um, so Trenton Gill, I think, was looked good. He looks like he can be the punter for the Bears. Um, there was a lot of games where I, he planted it on like the five, and I was like, Beautiful because we weren't able to do anything else at certain moments. Um, I'm trying to think what I'm missing. Wide receivers. <laughs> well, what I'm missing is wide receivers. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Darnell Mooney getting hurt obviously hurt. Um, he wasn't Chase, as good as I wanted him to be this year, but yeah. I don't think that necessarily was all his directly. fault. Directly. I don't yeah. think it's looking at him directly at all. Yeah. I think that everybody was looking at Darnell Mooney because there was nobody else. Yeah, I, and I do um, think it really he didn't really get a chance to start doing stuff until they really opened the offense up and they're just like, oh, we yeah. have to guard the other receivers too now. Like, yeah. You know, because Justin's, you know, moving around and doing stuff. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Chase Claypool, I guess a lot, some people are disappointed in. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass just because I feel like the way he, he came to this team was kind of, it kind of was crappy because he had like, Four days to practice, had to get on, out on the field. You could tell, like, he just didn't know the playbook very well. They didn't use him much. And then Justin gets hurt. So then he wasn't practicing with Justin for, like, barely at all for, like, two weeks. And then Justin comes back, and they, like, play one game, and then he gets hurt, and then he's out for a little bit. So they're not practicing together again. And so I feel like it was just terrible timing. Um, they didn't have any chance to really, like, grow any sort of connection with each other at all. And... um Right when Claypool also started, everyone also started getting hurt. So Darnell Mooney's getting hurt. I think I, I want to say Nikhil Harry ended up getting hurt again. He's, he's had a lot of tic tac uh, injuries. Dan, this yeah, year. yeah. And, but it was Equinemius, I think, was hurt at that point. So at one point, it was just like Claypool on an island, and he had barely been able to practice. It was like yeah. Dante Pettis and Chase Claypool. Hey, and I will say to Chase Claypool's credit, like his confidence is still there. I don't know if you saw the quote he had. I think it was like today or yesterday. It was this week sometime. It doesn't really matter when it was, but. 
he essentially says like I still believe I can be a top three receiver at the NFL. Yeah, and I like, saw that. That is like that's high. That's a very high hard thing to get to. So like yeah. he's confident in himself, and I think if the if the pick was more of like the Ravens pick that mm-hmm. we traded for him, I'd be okay. Yeah. The fact but that it's it pretty much essentially second. another first round pick. Yeah. It makes it sting it a little hurts bit. A little. Yeah. And like I do think like Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool is a guy we have seen succeed in the NFL mm-hmm. and having the offseason again to know Justin, who we yeah. said he's gonna work out with a lot in the offseason. You can't really judge it until then, but I definitely am a little bit nervous about it. Yeah. And I, I but I, in my head, I just think that this offseason, obviously they're going to make another wide receiver move, whatever that At is. There's a one. lot of names like DeAndre Hopkins, T. Higgins, Mike Evans, all these names are being thrown out there. Um, I think that if you have Darnell Mooney, T. Higgins, Chase Claypool, Equinemius St. Brown, and Nikhil Harry, that's a pretty solid wide yeah. receiver group to yeah, me. I'd agree um, with you on that one. And I think that will help a lot because Chase Claypool is massive. He's a big dude. Equinemius is a big dude. So if you have somebody who can really steer guys off, like the quick, fast T. Higgins can make plays type of guy, and you leave those guys for like the contested catches 50-50 when Justin has to lob it up, that's what we need. Yeah, they get some of that Indiana corn in them at Notre Dame. They, <laughs> yeah. they get all big and huge. So, Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much just kind of like the breakdown as we feel through each position group. We are going to go more into depth in the offseason um, because next week we'll pretty much – we'll know actually by Sunday we'll know our draft pick. It's pre- You'd assume it's locked in at this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – I mean, like – I, I mean, the, the Colts Texans, are very bad. The Colts are very bad. I don't think Lovey Smith is ever going to be a coach that's going to try to lose a game. Yeah. So we have that going for us. Yeah. But there's also like a teensy part of me that's just like, what if Nathan Peterman just balls out and beats the Vikings? Like, I'd be so mad. <laughs> Furious. Yeah. Upset. I, I think I, all Bears fans would be like, what the heck? But I just, I don't I, see a world where that could happen. I don't think it will. Because I don't think it will. But like the Vikings have been so like. I don't even know who's going to be playing on our offensive line. Yeah. But like um, they, they have a negative point differential and they have like 13 wins. It's insane. Yeah. But like, Who? I, the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, like they're like I don't think they're that good of a team, and like yeah. I think they're going to play all their guys. Their injury report they was pretty blank. I saw most recently, so mm-hmm. who knows? We'll see at this point. But. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the I'm Vikings defense watch. to me yeah. is already bad, anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I think that Nathan Peterman, unfortunately, is known for turning the ball over. Yeah, and like um, he's kind of a runner too, like Justin. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he's a little can, mobile. We'll yeah. see him, but he's going to have to because literally no one. Schofield's on IR now. Tevin's on IR now. I don't even know who's going to be playing. I truly do not. Who yeah. know who's going to be starting on the line? I think that he's going to be running for his life. It's going to be a big. It's probably a big reason. We why might end up playing. seeing David Montgomery throwing some passes because <laughs> I just feel like it's going. Ma- to be. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll see Tim Boyle. Yeah, Tim yeah. Boyle. I was yeah. trying to figure out who the next guy was. I was like, I don't even know who our next guy is. Yeah, um, former Lion, great. But yeah, so obviously there's a lot of moves that need to be made. Luckily, we have money this offseason. We have draft picks this offseason. We have a top two pick this offseason. There's a lot of things that we have, and I think people are confident in Justin. People are confident. Most people are confident in Ryan Poles. Most people right now are confident in Eberflus. I think they've liked what they've seen in the small sample. Like I feel like Eberflus isn't this like a big voice. Like some coaches just have that like. Uh, the Miami coach, Mike McDaniel. He's not that big of a personality. I think it's Eberflus. Yeah, yeah, Eberflus. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a Mike McDaniel where he's yeah. quirky and getting all like the news headlines because he's just saying funny stuff and like whatever. But when you really listen to his press conferences, he's on it. He's honest. He'll tell you like it is. He's not sitting there being like, well, we got to find out what's happening. Yeah, he's Maggie. like, you know, like, yeah, Matt Nagy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will say, it'll I think, be fun. I think he kind of like, almost embodies Chicago a little bit with the personality where it's just like Chicago is not a very flashy city. You know, yeah. it's kind of like the hard, gritty people where it's like they kind of just put their heads down and go to work. And I do think Eberflus is very much like that. So. Yeah, I agree. He, he is someone, when we first hired him, I was kind of like, 
What I didn't know do? much what about him. What are we so doing? I, yeah. Like the Colts defensive coordinator, but like he's been pretty solid so far. And like, yeah, yeah. three wins, you know, there's not really a whole bunch you can go off of from that. But yeah. there's been flashes and next year is going to be the year where we're really like, hey, let's, let's see what he got here. And I think the same way we look at Justin, the way that just what Justin's done with this surrounding pieces, you have to look at it the same way for Eberflus also. Yeah. Eberflus and Ryan Poles were giving absolutely nothing, nothing this offseason. And yeah, they only got three wins out of it. But what they did certain games, how they made certain games as close as they were. It could have been seven or eight wins. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it, it could have been zero. Like, yeah. It honestly, also could have been zero. It could have been, been, been zero. Like, there's also that point. Um, so I think that what he did with the lack of talent and the lack of resources that they did have shows something. So let's see what Eberflus and Ryan Poles can do with money and draft picks. Yeah, I'm um, excited. I mean, like the last offseason, like it was tough. Like they had the one big oh, signing that fell through with we had the, no first round draft. Pick. Yeah, no draft first round draft picks. And like all that being said, there was still a lot of positive new pieces we had. this yeah, year. Yeah, and that's know? what look at. I mean, Ryan Poles did to me a great job. If we want to talk about giving grades, I'm giving Ryan Poles an A for what he did in the draft this last season, because like I said, you didn't have a pick until the second round and you were able to hit on Jaquan, Kyler, Braxton, Trenton Gill, uh, we're still waiting on Valus. I think that's a TBD. Down. We didn't mention Valus yet in this this podcast. I think he was one of my guys, actually. I think he was, yeah. Um, uh, but he got better. Like, he had a chunk where it just looked like this was about to be the worst draft pick <laughs> in a long time. And then he's had a couple really good punt returns recently. He was also recently. one of those guys that was hurt at the beginning of the year, right? He too. was. He was banged up, too. Um, but... So that's still a TBD to me. I'd like to see Valus in another full off season and see what they can do with that also. Um, but... I just think that when you go through those draft picks and what he was actually working with, there was a couple uh, – that one offensive lineman, Zachary Thomas, we didn't even get to see. Oh, we're not even talking about Jack Sanborn and Jalen Jones, yeah. who I think that was – he did Did they get him? Well, yeah, so he they were undrafted. They're undrafted. Both yeah, they were both undrafted. undrafted. Yeah. Um, and so both undrafted guys have looked like they could be pe- – like Jack Sanborn, a starter, Jalen Jones, it's a, very a good, depth, good piece. depth piece. Yeah. Um, so what he did with this draft with almost nothing, I think we have to give a round of applause to Ryan Poles. Um, I also, before we get, so we're going to talk to Daniel Greenberg. Uh, you'll find him on Twitter at Chai Sports Updates. He's done a lot of things, worked in Chicago If you're a Chicago sports, sports fan, like you, you know gotta follow this guy on Twitter. Like, come on. So we're about to be joined by him, but before we are, I also do want to say happy 100th birthday to Virginia McCaskey because this... She turns 100 years old today. Like, I cannot imagine being 100 years old. Um, But also the things that Virginia has probably seen and heard and witnessed in her lifetime. Like, this woman was literally born one year after Papa Bear began this journey of what is now the NFL. I mean, her entire life has been the Chicago Bears. Everything. And, I mean, she's been such a major piece in so many parts of the Bears organization, but also football in general, like professional football, the what that family has done. And a lot of people, and the one thing about Virginia, she's not out there like talking to the media and dealing with players and stuff like that. That's never really been her thing. But the things she's ha- has done behind the scenes have been major big parts of what the Chicago Bears are and who they are. Um, there's a lot of moments that we could talk about with her of things she's said and done. But just it, it's really wild to just think about how – how much this lady has seen in the Bears organization through the years 
and probably how she watches football now and is like, what is this game? Because oh, so different. <laughs> like, I mean, when they, when they first started, I mean, like, imagine looking at like SoFi Stadium. Yeah. And being her being like, we used to play in like a park. Yeah. Like know? Wrigley. Yeah. Like really like Wrigley. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah, like it's just a baseball field. And now we're playing in like, you know, billions of dollar stadiums. Yeah. I mean, it's, imagine just like the progress, like the the progression of football and like where how the field goal posts used to be on the goal line. I mean, imagine where the how, world was in 1923. Yeah, and like just think about that. Like yeah. it's just like holy crap. Like you know, yeah. a lot's changed. So and she's seen like just also the, one of the games that's obviously one of the most memorable is the first game the Bears played after uh, Walter Payton passed away, and they were playing the Packers. And it was that the Bears ended up blocking a kick at the very end of the game to win, to beat the Packers, I think, 14-13. And that was always the thing that everyone said, like, you know, Walter Payton's hand touched the ball. Like, it was one of those moments. But Virginia was always so emotional talking about that game because she was there, obviously, through all of this. And, like, she became so close. She's super close with Jarrett Payton. And those people, they're like her family. So. The, just everything that she's been able to witness throughout this time. I just want to say happy birthday to Virginia because as many people blame her for certain things that are going on. At this because, point, I'm not blaming her. No. It's, it's I mean, more George, honestly. But, that, yeah. yeah. It, McCaskey's, and to me, she's a Hallis, you know? Yeah. Um, she is the institution of the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, let's get to this interview with Daniel Greenberg. That way we can dive a little bit more into the Bears this season and see what he thinks. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, now we are joined by Daniel Greenberg. You'll find him on Twitter at Chai Sports Updates. If you are a Chicago sports fan, you probably already follow him. I mean, like, come on. He's just like the, the <laughs> ma- like, if I'm looking for information Any about news. Chicago sports, go to Daniel Greenberg's account. Yes, so thank you for always having your timely uh, news-breaking tweets also because it helps us and it keeps us a little bit sane. But let's start with probably the most obvious piece of the Chicago Bears right now, which is Justin Fields. Daniel, what is your evaluation of Justin's first season? If you could give him a grade, what would you give him? So I give it like a B plus, B area. Um, I definitely think he's the franchise quarterback. Um, He's definitely every game uh, he has improved, and I like the way he's been playing. Um, But the biggest thing for me is – He's becoming like a team player, especially like after games when they lose. Um, he doesn't say I like he messes up, like not the team. Like he takes a lot of accountability, mm-hmm. which I really like. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a fan of Justin Fields. I think he's had a really solid season, especially with the lack of weapons that he has had around him. 
Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. And like, especially the way the offensive line has looked, and he's running for his life. It's it's been very impressive. And we were actually discussing our grades beforehand before we got on. I was very similar to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Taylor had him a little bit lower, but the way we saw his legs this year, I mean, that is something that you can watch and see. You're like, this guy's going to be a guy going forward. Just got to work on the throw on a teensy bit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. What grade, uh, Taylor, did you have him? Uh, I gave him a C plus. I was a little harder. I I think that there was a lot of things that I loved. I feel like the splash plays of Justin kind of skewed. Uh, it makes you want to skew a little more. But I just I felt like the holding on, the fumbling, holding on to the ball, some of the decision making, um, certain aspects. I would just like to see a, get a little bit better. I definitely wanted to say A because I just felt yeah, like you yeah, want yeah. to, but I, I I was a little harder. On it's him. okay to be critical. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I got you. Made valid points. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so since Justin Fields obviously had a successful year, we'll move to a less successful part of the team, the offensive line. What do you think your thoughts were on that this season? So here's where I'm at on this. I know a lot of people are probably would give it like an F or a D. Is it anything lower than an F? <laughs> yeah. Like for me, like it's very, I can't really give it a grade. Have they had a good season? No. But the offensive line has changed so much mm-hmm. and you need like, and you need those starters to play a lot, like it's every single game, and every single game it feels like they're changing like players or they're rotating players within games. So it's very hard to give that a grade. But definitely, there is. I, I would say Braxton Jones has probably had the best season out of uh, any player on the offensive line. But definitely, that's a huge need this off season. Um, but yeah, I would give for me, I would give it like a D. Yeah. Just because, just, be, just because it's like every single game, it's like a different mm-hmm. uh, starting offensive line. So it's very hard to give it a grade. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot, actually. And a few weeks ago, we had Olin Kreutz on. And at that point, I think the Bears had already had nine different variations of the offensive line. At this point, they're probably at like 13. Um, so it is hard to grade because it has been just so many guys and they've had to shuffle and figure so many things out. And it's fun. I think that Bra- I think Braxton's gotten progressively better throughout the season. But I personally thought that Tevin, Tevin was my pick for like the best offensive linemen this season but I do have a little concern and do you think there is concern out there about injuries because he had missed already almost his entire rookie season and now has been banged up again this season yeah I would say so Tevin for me was number two but I didn't have his number one just because of the injuries and Braxton has played there basically every single week mm-hmm. um, but yeah the, the injuries like I said are very they concern me, especially for Tevin, you know, that Nick injury, it seems like that's been bothering him ever since he got injured there. Um, and then also the back injury that he had last season. So for me, like, he, if he's healthy, he's a fantastic player and a player that you can build on. But the big thing is if he remains healthy, and that's been hard for him. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, like, the neck and back, those are things that, like, no matter what you're doing physically, like, you have to use your back, you got to use your neck, mm-hmm. and, like, Playing football is not going to be easy on either of those things. So I just kind of hope and pray that he figures that out medically. But like, it's one of those things that like you're concerned about, like how long his career is going to even be having injuries with this back this early. So hope, praying for the best, but you never know really. It's kind of scary, but I understand that sentiment though. All right. So moving on a little bit more, we're going to go towards uh, David Montgomery and the running backs, Khalil Herbert, those guys. David Montgomery, obviously coming up on a contract year. Do you think you'll see him in a Bears uniform next year? Bias. I'm a big fan of him. I would, I would love to. I think he's a great runner, an aggressive runner, but bigger. He's a team leader in that locker room, and I think a lot of people love him in that Bears locker room. I hope they sign him to an extension, just because he brings a lot into the offense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's. I think for me, the big question though is like, really, what the number they get him at? Like, I don't think he's gonna be demanding crazy money or anything. 
Like something I was kind of saying earlier though is that like at least the way I view modern NFL running backs is like people don't like paying them, and like Ryan Poles didn't draft him, and there's uh, they're probably going to try and look for other options this offseason. You know, if they can end up coming to something you know mutually that ends up working out for both parties, I'd love that. But you know, I'm not super positive we'll see him next year though. So, what do you what about Khalil? Do you have any thoughts on what he's done this so far this year? I think Khalil is very shifty. I think he's a fantastic runner. I think he's a guy that you can, if David Montgomery does not return to the Bears next season, I think Khalil can step up and be that number one running back for you. Yeah, I I agree. And I think that, first of all, I'm a massive David Montgomery fan, and I would love to have David Montgomery back on the Bears next season. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier before you jumped on with us. And just the things that David and Khalil do are so different to me. And having that duo running back right now in the NFL seems like a lot of teams are doing that because it's it's hard to predict when you have two different type of backs. And that's what's fun to watch both of them. But I guess that number will make a difference of what David wants and what the what the team thinks is right. Um, because at the end of the day, it's their choice. And sometimes they like their guys a little more. But I, I feel like to me, Daniel... Montgomery being that number one, he can catch the ball too. When you look at his what he's been able to do in the receiving game and certain moments and helping Justin this season is massive because Justin didn't have a lot to fall on this at certain points this season and it felt like David was kind of his guy, his go to guy, and which is kind of funny to say that about your running back. But he also that the yards after contact with David Montgomery is what makes me want to keep him. Is that something that attracts you with David also? Yeah, definitely. I think um, very aggressive, and I think he fights for extra yards, which I love. And I really, for me, my opinion, I don't think he's going to command a lot of money, and I think he'll give the Bears a discount just because he. I know he loves being in Chicago. Um, it, just the thing is, is Ryan Poles, is he going to make that offer to him? That's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And like we were saying, Taylor, like I don't think I've ever seen David Montgomery go down on a first hit, maybe not even a second hit in his <laughs> yeah. entire life. So yeah, it's about he, three he's very impressive, and like, He's someone that, like, I think definitely is a leader of this team, but it's just a question of whether Ryan Poles thinks that's worth the number he asked for. So we'll see. Yeah. Now, uh, if we're sticking with the offense, so the wide receiver room obviously was probably one of the more questionable pieces, especially when Darnell Moody went down. But one thing that Dylan and I were kind of going back and forth with is Chase Claypool because obviously that was a trade. We gave up a second-round pick, the Bears' second-round pick for Chase Claypool. We didn't see a whole lot out of them. You saw flashes here and there uh, with some amazing catches. I'm giving him a little bit of a pass just because of the way the season goes because Justin was hurt and then he was hurt, and then I just feel like they never really got the chance to super mesh. Dylan a little more critical on it. He's a little worried. What are your feelings on that? So here's where I'm at with Claypool. When they got the trade, when they traded for him and they had him for next season, I was like, okay, I'm going to judge him off based off what he does next season. And mm-hmm. here's why. The Bears' offense is very complicated to learn, and he had to learn that on the fly. And you saw it also during games. Like, there was times where they were shifting him and he got a little confused. It's just that offense is very confusing. And I think with the offseason, with training with Justin Fields, I think next season is what I'm going to judge him off. But I think right now it's too early to tell if, who won that trade. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And the reason I do have any issue with it is if it was like a mid-second round pick, I wouldn't really care. The problem is it's pretty much essentially a first round pick. So like those are trades that like you really want to see the, you know, improvement right away and the progress right away. So it, it is a little scary to see the the slow start, but like I do get there is reasons for it. So I understand that. All right. So let's uh, flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'd say probably our worst unit without a doubt was the defensive line. There was absolutely no, th- no touching of the quarterback this year after Robert Quinn left. Our, uh, 
running against the run. We didn't really do much really at all this season. What would you say your thoughts were on them? I think they were worse than the offensive line as a unit. Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. were, I think they were horrible. Um, when your rookie Jaquan Brisker leads a team in sacks, that's when you have a problem. Yeah, a safety. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's just the defensive line. I mean, there there's been so many games where the quarterback walked out of the game clean. I mean, they, they were so tough for the defensive line to sack the quarterback. They, I think they just had a horrible season. And I think for me, that's the number one area where Ryan Poles has to improve on because you have to get the pressure on a quarterback because it makes it easier for your safeties, your corners, and your linebackers. Yeah, I completely agree. And like I'd say we're very lucky that there are two guys named Will, uh, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter at the top of this draft, and we're probably going to end up with one of them. So I'm I'm very happy that we have that problem to deal with. So, Yeah, speaking of that, what would be your choice? Would you be a Will Anderson or Jalen Carter guy? Um, so it really depends for me and depends on if we get the number one pick. I'm all for trading that pick, but I would want to pick in that top 10 area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think defensive line, you have to get it. Um, both of them are great players, and I wouldn't mind choosing one of them. Yeah, I think I'm probably the same way. It's it, We need both of what they bring so badly. We're like, Will Anderson's just going to get to the quarterback no matter what, and Jalen Carter's just going to absolutely show out the middle, middle of your defense. Yeah. Like, nothing's getting past him. So, like, Really, either way, I think we'll be fine if we get one of those guys. And, like, even if we trade down and get a guy like, you know, like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech has been a name I've seen. You know, a few other guys, I still think Ryan Poles make the right call. So It honestly was depressing because we we're so used to, in Chicago, having that pass rush, having the QB pressure, seeing sacks. And so having a season like this where there was just games where, like you said, they weren't even getting close to the quarterback was n- honestly for me kind of depressing but you mentioned a minute ago how much that affected the secondary and even despite how much the second extra the secondary had to do some of these guys really performed pretty well including one guy that you just mentioned Jaquan Brisker uh what are your thoughts on Jaquan's season I think he's had a really good season um I know he got concussion which kind of got him out of the games um but I think he's had a really good season. I think he has improved every single time, and you can see the confidence growing game after game. Um, I think he's a fantastic blitzer. I think that's something that's very underrated about him, and I think the Bears have been using him to blitz because they know how good he is. Um, I think his coverage is good. I think, you know, against that Giants game, he struggled a little bit, but like I said, I think he's improved ever since. Yeah, and honestly, someone I think that really reminds me a little bit of what's ability to get to the quarterback at the safety position is Jamal Adams. You know, he was a guy who I think as a safety had like eight sacks one mm-hmm. year or something. So he definitely has impressed me quite a bit. Um, so moving over to the linebacker situation, which was probably be like the most turbulent position for the Bears this season, which you wouldn't really think of considering, you know, the talent they had at it going into it. But, you know, there was the contract negotiations, all that stuff, and then eventually Rokron's traded. But then we have a guy like Jack Sanborn step up from an undrafted guy out of Wisconsin. Chicago kid, and he balls out. What would you say your opinion on his season was? I think Jack had a, a good season. Now, I wouldn't say a really good season because here's why. I think he's a fantastic blitzer. I think he's fantastic on run covering. But I think pass coverage is where he struggles a little bit. And also, he does really well in the first half, and a lot of times in the second half he slows down. Um, but I think he's a good, good, good player. I think he's a guy that the Bears can build off. But I think he's more of a guy that that's second string linebacker. Um, but I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I like Sam Bourne a lot too. I think we had a we were talking about him earlier in the season, and we were kind of noting how he has some physical capabilities at the end of the day where he's just not that fast, you know, not able to keep up with some of those guys. So I understand those criticisms, but I think he's you know going to be a very solid player going forward for the Bears. So I'm excited about him. 
Yeah, I mean, especially when you're looking at an undrafted guy. And I think yeah. that's we, – we were talking, Daniel, just about Ryan Pohl's draft. If you could glance back at the draft last season, you know, Jaquan, Braxton, Kyler, Trent Gill, undrafted Jack, undrafted Jalen Jones, what would you give Ryan Poles at this point? What what grade would you give Ryan Poles at this point for that draft? I would give it a B minus. And that guy that you didn't mention that I think has had a fantastic mm-hmm. season is Josh Blackwell. Um, yeah. I think his special teams, he's been fantastic. And he's been also playing on defense the last couple of weeks. I think his confidence has been amazing. Um, I think he's going to be a really good player for the Bears in the future. Yeah, and like I can only imagine what Ryan Poles is going to do now with actual draft picks, actual cap space. You know, yeah. What would you say a uh, successful and an unsuccessful offseason will look like for you coming up? I think this is the most important offseason in Bears history. I think they have the most money out of any team. Um, I think they have draft picks, and I think they can get more draft picks depending on where they're going to be in the draft. I think Ryan Poles has to be more uh, really aggressive. I know that agents are already prepared for the Bears to be really aggressive this offseason, so it's up to Ryan Poles. This is a huge offseason for him because, yes, you know, we're rebuilding this season. It's been a horrible season, and I'm usually a guy that every single game I root for my team to win, but this, I mean, I, I've never rooted for my team to lose, but this Sunday I'm rooting for the Bears to lose, mm-hmm. and I really, I'm really hoping I'm not in that situation for a long time, so Hopefully next season we can be really good. And, uh, yeah, this is a huge offseason for Ryan Poles. Oh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Is there one particular free agent that you might have circled already that you might want Bears to go take a look at? Well, I think offensive line is something like that position as a whole you got to fix. But um, there was a couple of players that I wanted, but they got extended from Green Bay. They had that extension over yeah, there. Yeah, their guard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, for me, you just got to go get players. Um, you know, everyone knows the big holes on this team, and I'm hoping that Ryan Poles just fills those holes and makes sure that this team is definitely more competitive next season and gets more wins. Oh, yeah. For me, someone that I'm actually, like, really excited about, if we don't go with the Jalen Carter route, is a guy like Deron Payne. He's just a humongous body that the uh, commanders have. Forgot the name. They've changed the name so many times. Yeah. You know? The commanders have, and he is really kind of could plug up that defense. So I'm really excited to see what Ryan Poles is going to do with all that cap space. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited in general. Like you just said, I am. I don't think I've ever been this excited for an off season, just because actually having money to spend and there's so many gaps that I feel like it. it there's it's, a lot of question marks. So you're kind yeah. of sitting here waiting, like which way are they going to go? Which way are they going to really? Hopefully the trenches are fixed because that I, we constantly hear games are won and lost in the trenches, and our trenches have been completely missing this season. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this is a huge off season for polls. I mean, if he doesn't, if he, like, there's high expectations here. And especially when when he got hired in his press conference, he wants to be the number one in the NFC North. And if you want to start doing that, you got to go be aggressive in the offseason and get players and also make good draft picks. And I think it will be this offseason where you will see Ryan Poles putting in that work. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're looking at the other teams in the NFC North, I would say outside the Lions, I wouldn't say anyone's really set up for the future. So, like, they got a real chance here, you know, to try and dominate themselves for the next decade if they can really hit this offseason. So, it's going to be important. All right, Daniel, well, I want to say thanks for joining us. Before I let you go, I have one question, not Bears-related, but Chicago Bulls-related, um, because I cannot figure out this basketball team at the moment. They're 6-1 and one against the top three teams in the East, but then I feel like they lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. It's the opposite what, of last year. <laughs> yeah. What are you expecting from the Bulls right now? It's the most confusing team that I've rooted for in a long time. They just drive me insane. 
Um, it's just so tough to watch them play because for like yesterday against the Mets, they were amazing. And then you see them play like the worst teams in the league and they lose to them. It's just very tough to figure them out. But the big thing is it is still early. Um, so I, for me, I give it another like three weeks. And then if in three weeks they're in position in the playoffs, I think it's time to sell. Daniel, I hate to break it to you. I think you're a lot more optimistic with this team than I am. I'm. I'm. It's crazy. It is. You've been I, pessimist all I have, year, though. But like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm. I'll, as crazy as it is, I do a Bears podcast. I'm definitely a way bigger Bulls fan, and this team is not going to win any titles ever. Like they need to trade Demar. They need to trade Vooch. Listen for Zach. But hey, we're a Bears podcast. We don't get all of that. So, <laughs> all right. It's, it's like. Yeah, well, I would say, like, for me, it's like every time, like, they win against these big teams, like the Nets, the Celtics, the Bucks, they just pull me back in. They'll go lose to the Hornets or something, you know, the next week. It's just like, come on, Dan. Like, seriously. They give me just, like, a little bit of excitement every now and then. But I will tell you, I think my favorite player is is becoming Io, like, very quickly. He's so fun to watch. Played the best game of the season last night, so. But anyways, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We look forward to seeing more updates. Hopefully this offseason we're seeing a lot of positive, like Bears signed T. Higgins. Bears (laughs) or Bears (laughs) trade for T. Higgins. Uh, Bears trade for a lot of those type of tweets. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Yeah, Yeah, you you too. too. Thanks, Ramon. All right. Well, thank you to Daniel. And also I just wanted to thank everybody for listening this season. It's been A whole lot of fun, even with only three wins. Uh, We started the season not quite sure how this podcast was going to really go, how it was going to flow, uh, what guests we were going to be able to get. And uh, I'm just really excited at how it ended up turning out. We got to talk to a lot of really cool coaches, some family members. We got to talk to former players. Um, So it was just a ton of fun. And I'm super excited to keep going with this. And especially with this offseason, it's such a big offseason. I am pumped that we get to sit here and talk about hopefully a busy, fun, exciting, good free agency as Ryan Poles just shocks the NFL world. And obviously draft day, potential number one, probable number two um, pick, what they're going to do with that. If people want to trade up, we are open as long as we can still get one of the guys that is on the board for Ryan Poles. I trust his board. So uh, other than if he ends up picking a quarterback for some reason, but that's a different story. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying there's some rumors floating out there, but we have our quarterback. Looks like we have our GM and our coach from the glimpses that we've seen. We have building blocks in the secondary. We have a couple building blocks on the offensive line. Uh, we have a couple building blocks on the wide receivers that could be, you know, potential help. We have a running back in Khalil Herbert, and hopefully David Montgomery stays. But there's still a lot of work to be done, a lot of gaps to be filled. Uh, and so I'm super excited to just, like, continue this journey with you guys. I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, I know some of our podcasts were very long and we ranted sometimes about certain things that maybe you didn't care about as much. But Chicago Bears... I love the Chicago Bears, and I'm super excited to continue on with Windy City Gridiron for SB Nation and working on making monsters and really making these monsters this offseason. So we will catch you guys next week. We will probably dive right into some pre-draft talk, um, maybe some possible free agency stuff. We'll know our draft pick at that point. So from there, we can we have a, a little more – it will solidify – what really we will be seeing in the draft day. And from there, we'll know more about how this offseason may look. So thanks again for everybody who's listened to this entire 
season, all of our episodes this entire season. And if you haven't, go back and listen because some of these guys are going to be major pieces of the Chicago Bears next year. And it's fun to get to know them a little more. So I'm Taylor Dahl. That's Dylan Ryan. We are Making Monsters. And we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.